Blog Talk Radio. So uh, where were we going with this line of questioning? I know I drifted way off on this one. Well, uh, before we actually do that, we've got a caller. Well, bless, bless the caller's heart, even though they can't hear the show. They were doing on a... Whoever they are, they're from the 614 area. Let's see who we got. Hello. Who have we got? Hey. <laughs> you got Jamie Joshua here. How you doing, Kenny? What's going on there? I was just I was just talking about you earlier there, son. I don't think it was anything good, but I was. I talked about <laughs> Well, hopefully nothing but what good things. Say, what, what did I say about Jamin earlier? Um, it wasn't too bad. Uh, not too bad. Uh, what, do, you, do you remember what I said about him? I do and not. And we wanted to, to take <laughs> There might have been something about you being a big engine owner, about all the engines that you own, or... Oh, it was a me doing your show that I'd done your show, and oh, yeah, uh, no. then you're going to have to you're going you're gonna to have to hear the show to know why I mentioned you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was talking about various other shows I've done, and I had mentioned that I'd done yours, and I think we maybe some mentioned that you being a multiple in tune owner, the top of the line of the Beats by Bowling edition. How many sets of those you own? Don't you have like four or five of them? About four. Yeah, so I was just talking to my, I was just talking to my friend, uh, uh, Jeremy Extra Large, we call him, because he's about three fifty. But <laughs> we were talking about the Jim Cornette. I, I, I wish I was three fifty. So be, be careful there. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about you know reliving the uh, Cornette at Dairy Queen incident, and Al he oh, said, yeah. "Don't cuss me, you fucking up with this." But all she said was, "Damn, you know that's all it took. That's all for him to unload." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jimmy worried about somebody saying damn, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh I think I get labeled with Golden Corral uh because of all the uh the meetings that I've had there and all the headphones we've sold at Golden Corral over the past twelve years between headphones, DVDs and T shirts, or whatever the hell we're peddling at the time. And of course the great Kroger meat opportunity situation. <laughs> uh, we've had uh, uh so I get labeled with Kroger and uh, Golden Corral quite a bit. And uh, Jimmy hits Dairy Queen and Wendy's. He loves Wendy's, but he and he's even had the incidents there. He he's been banned from a few Wendy's. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that, but I guess they do now. Now that I've told it, um, I think Jimmy also has been banned from Kroger. They had an incident there once. I forget what the details are, but, uh, but there's, uh, he's been banned from uh, Star Ford. Uh, he went in for car repairs, and that didn't go the way he wanted. And, he got banned from there. And uh, so not only can he not get a job at any wrestling company in the country, uh, there's most places that can employ him in Louisville if things got tough in the stock market, and they have. <clears throat> he can't get a job at Wendy's. He can't get a job at Dairy Queen. He can't get a job at Ford. He can't get a job at GE. can't get a job at Kroger. And um, there's not too many places he's ever set foot in that have asked him to come back. But yeah, so this wasn't this wasn't an this wasn't an isolated incident. Is Jimmy Cornette. <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure it out. <laughs> and another one of his problems is is that I think it amazes him that I never really have to leave my home, and that my fame level is not all that far off of his. Yeah, he's got more followers on Twitter. Well, I don't really do Twitter, 
I mean, it's there. I have an account, but you know, I answer people that 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 cater Jimmy's show. That's what I do. Uh, I'm a Facebook guy. Well, Facebook, I guarantee you, I've had fifty thousand fans on there because I keep recycling the the, the same five thousand fans. And if I don't yeah. hear from you for a while, if, if if you haven't written me in a year, you're not a fan. You know, you're just taking up space on my on my on my fan list. And I want people there that want to be able to communicate with me, buy my stuff. That's kind of why I'm there. You know, uh, selling my merchandise is kind of what keeps the bills paid. And uh, so if you're never going to buy anything and you're never going to speak to me, then why the hell do you want to be a fan of mine? And uh, and I've got some people who have been on there for two or three years. So every day I edit people out, I go down the first thing list, and I I click their message. And if I don't have a message from them in the last year or ever, they get deleted. <clears throat> and sometimes I don't delete them all. I just I just need to delete maybe about 10 to 15 a day. <clears throat> and that way, that gives 15 new people a chance to be a fan. Just about every new fan that comes aboard buys something. They'll buy a shirt, a set of beats, maybe even in tunes. And, um, and I started that sale this week to where you can get three sets of beats. Now, uh, Jeremy, uh, Jamin has got some good deals for me in the past because he's always bought multiple size orders. But the deal I'm printing now is that you get three sets of my new improved beats. We got the brand new new line out now that's even better than the ones before. <clears throat> um, for thirty nine ninety five, well, I'm sorry, for ninety nine ninety five, you get three sets of beats, three sets of microphone cables that those alone. Or twelve ninety five each if you just bought them by themselves. Uh, three sets of earbuds, which are normally ten bucks each, and uh, free shipping, which is normally, depending how many you get, is anywhere from five to ten dollars. <clears throat> so if you buy three sets or more, we're really loading the customers up this time. You're saving a shitload of money, and uh, and that's what I wanted to do for my customers this year that want to be able to get three or four sets for their family. You get three for ninety nine, or you get four for one twenty, and the free shipping and all the extras that come with it, and that ain't too bad. That, but you can get four people a nice gift for a uh, hundred and twenty bucks, or three people for ninety nine dollars. I suppose that, in my opinion, that ain't too bad. Yeah, that was my last order from you. Was a bunch of the I got like five cords for good price. Does it yeah, creep you out? Right, you needed a lot of microphone cords, didn't you? Yeah, does it creep you out though, Facebook? Like it does me. Like uh, I'll have people just request me that I don't know, and I'll add them, but they'll never say anything. And it all, it's always oh, yeah. really creepy. It, it, it doesn't creep me out because I couldn't possibly know every fan that's on there. And uh, what does weird, what does I can only say weird me out, but amazes me is how many foreign fans I have, knowing that oh. I barely left the Kentucky. But yet, I've got so many fans in England and Australia, Ireland especially. Um, I'm not. I bet Chris isn't happy about the Ireland part. No, he's not. <laughs> he, he wants me to delete all of them. <laughs> um, but you know what? I bet you I've only got maybe five fans in Japan. Even though my son tells me that I'm very popular there, they never friend me on Facebook, and I see very few Japanese on Facebook. Uh, I'm big in the Philippines. Well, that goes without saying. That's where my girlfriend's permanent home is, her and her grandmother. <clears throat> and 
Lena tells me that I might be more famous in the Philippines than I am in America uh, because of all my merchandise that's floating around over there. And, uh, you know, when, when you've got 10 or 15 shirts floating around Manila and there's several million people that are seeing those shirts, people start asking questions. Who is this guy? Why? Why are you wearing that shirt? And it, it's amazing what impact 10, 15, or 20 shirts can have in a city of two or three million people. Hell, it might even be more than that. Uh, well, I can assure you it's more because Louisville's got a couple of million and, uh, in, the, in the metro area. And I guarantee you Manila is a much goddamn bigger city than, than Louisville. But it started out at 10 or 15 shirts and held between headphones and shirts and, and all the various and DVDs. I guarantee you I've got probably 200 customers in the Philippines alone, most of them in the Manila area. And uh, Ireland, England have been big. Um, not like I said, not as much, not as much in Japan as I thought I would because my son says they get a lot of write-ups over there. And, and <clears throat> but uh, I guess the the language barrier because uh, I needless to say what they're putting down I can't read. If they're, they're not writing in English. I'm screwed. <laughs> so the, the, that part pretty much amazes me. Yeah, and I was, you mentioned Twitter. I was on Twitter just a little bit ago. And uh, I was looking to see when the next time uh, Steve Austin is going to do his call-in show so I could, so I could call in there. I was wondering if, if you have any interest in doing that because uh, four days ago he did a heel from his phone line. I have put out the word that if Austin and Jim Ross want to call me and ask me to do their show, I will. Uh, I'm not going to beg to do their show. Reason being is that I know what I've done for the ratings of the Jim Cornette experience. I know the ratings that we get here on our own show. And especially when I do, and let's face it, you know, Jimmy and Austin and Ross, they've had all that worldwide recognition for years and years and years. They're obviously going to have more listeners than I have. But for a guy who just basically has never been on worldwide TV, only the OVW show to speak of, and uh, even though it was for a long time, uh, we have done very well for ourselves, and I guarantee you that there are a shitload of WWE stars, past and present, that wish, wish they could touch the popularity of my show here, the Jim Cornette experience when I'm on there, and even get a fraction of what we get in, in gimmick sales because they all write me wanting to know, well, can you do this for me? Well, no. It's hard enough for me to work hard to do it for me. And I'm not looking to be rich. I'm just looking to pay the bills. I don't, I don't give a shit about being rich. <clears throat> I never have. And that, that's why one reason I had no desire really to go be belittled by the WWE or TNA or, or NWA or any of those. Uh, even though I guess I was with the NWA for a couple of years when I first started uh, with, with Nick Dulles and in the early days of Danny Davis, <clears throat> I never had that i got to be a millionaire thing in me. Uh, I've got enough money in the bank right now that I've, I'll never have to work a day in my life again, uh, especially with the income I have coming in on top of it. And um, that that is where I wanted to be. My free time was always way more valuable to me than money. And once I had enough money, like, like when I was in sales and marketing, I might have a $3,000 a week. Well, in the early 80s, $3,000 in a week is a lot of money. <clears throat> well, I would uh, take off the next month, maybe two months, because my bills were, hell, maybe 1000 a month. 
So I take two months off, come back. I still, you know, before what I had in the bank and the extra I made that month, I was still set for the next month. Maybe earn another two or three thousand, take another month off. And uh, and I did the same thing in the wrestling business. Is that I really only had to work one day a week. That was to go to television. That was all it was mandatory for me to do. They liked for me to do the other shows and get the heels over, but that was on my call. And uh, if it was within a three-hour drive of my door, I would do it. And if it was longer than that, chances were pretty goddamn good I wasn't. <laughs> and um, I think it gave me a low-stress life. I got to, My son went with me everywhere that I went. And, um, and even when I would do the raw shows, my son went with me most of the time. And my stress level has been very low. I've never worried about being rich. And because I have a lot of people tell me, Kenny, as smart as you are to this business, as smart as you are about business in general, I'm surprised that you don't live in a big mansion and a millionaire. I'll I'll be very open with you. I live in a two-bedroom apartment uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. I downsized from a a four-bedroom house uh, several years ago. And uh, and that's when I quit taking on roommates. And quit trying to, you know, counting on other people to help pay the bills. I wanted to be responsible for everything on my own. And uh, and since that time, I've put enough money away in the bank. Uh, like I said, I've been set for the rest of my life as long as I'm smart. Now, can I live like Steve Austin? Well, I don't know what Steve Austin spends, but I guarantee it's a shitload. <laughs> I know what Jimmy Cornette's bills are. Um, the money that I have for me to live the rest of my life would not last Jimmy Three years. Three years, Jimmy. Three years, Jimmy be broke, because I know how much money he spends. He's got a monster fucking house. He's got to take care of uh, that house. Oh my god! And people, people think I'm teasing when I say he's got a moat. I think he's working on one. I think he's actually dug a hole. <clears throat> he's just got to fill it up with water and alligators. <clears throat> but uh, Jimmy lives a much higher profile life than I live. I never was worried about that. And it surprises me that Jimmy is, too, because we were a lot alike uh, when we were kids. And, um, but for some reason, he feels he has to have a 5,000-square-foot house and an office as big as a garage. Uh, he saves everything, so he's got memorabilia out the ass. I have really saved very little. I don't have that much memorabilia. Um, and the reason being, guys, I'm going to be very honest with you, um, all my accomplishments that were real, I was very proud of. If someone else booked it or wrote it, and it only happened because the promoter wanted it to, I didn't give a shit. So I don't know what city I won certain titles in. Um, someone had to tell me that I beat Jerry Lawler at Six Flags because I didn't know that I did. <laughs> it turned out I won on a disqualification. I didn't know that. Why? Because fans, it wasn't real. Um, <laughs> I beat John Cena. Well, that one I got to remember. That was loser lead town. Sean O'Hare helped me fuck Cena. Jim Ross was calling the match. So, yeah, that was kind of hard to forget. And I beat Rob Conway. So those who have had world titles that I had beaten, and uh, and I always like to say that I had beaten. And then when people get hot about it, well, kidding, you're just a fat fucking manager. You, you didn't beat nobody. Hey, my matches were just as fucking real as yours. Shut up, Bret Hart. Shut up, who the fuck ever. My matches were just as real as yours. <laughs> and, they cannot, and they cannot argue that. 
So if you beat somebody, then I beat somebody. And I beat three well. So I'll be sitting at the table that's got all these great ex-wrestlers, <clears throat> all these guys that work for WWE, all these guys that work for TNA, OVW. It'll be a table full of us. And they start bragging about their accomplishments. And then I'll say, hey, how many of you here at this table have beaten John Cena? And then look around, and it'll be fucking none. And uh, how many? How many have you beaten Jerry the King Lawler? Oh, none. How many of you have beaten the NWA champion Rob Conway? Oh, thirty-five of you. Oh, okay, well, shit. Well, we won't brag about that one as much. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've got to do some pretty amazing things that I, that I didn't even realize I'd done. Now, Cornette would know the dates, the places they happened, what the attendance was what the gate was, because in his head, he thinks he drew that gate. <clears throat> he doesn't realize that Ric Flair going against Ricky Steamboat might have been the next match after his. Now, if he was the main event and there was no Flair on the card, then I'll full say, okay, you drew a percentage of that gate. Otherwise, you're doing a thing that I've seen people in OBW do, and that is where you book yourself in the last match but you put a match on before it that's going to draw the house. And I've seen a certain guy there who has some involvement with and that's one of the reasons I left OBW, is just some of the bullshit that was going on there, and this was one of them. And this guy would put himself in the main events to make it look like he drew the house, even though the match before it had wrestlers going out selling fans tickets. They might have sold 160 tickets between them, so they put the house in there, but yet the main event gets the credit for, oh, well, we were main event. Well, we sold the house. So uh, hopefully y'all understand what, what I'm talking about there for the two that are on the line here with me and those that are out there. It, it's, it's, folks, it's, 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 not, it's not real for the most part. And um, why get that fucking worked up about And, and Bret Hart's the worst. Red Hart would sit in the back and brag about all of the people he's beaten, how he beat them, how he did. <clears throat> you would have swore this was a shoot business from hell. Dear Brett. And I will, I will credit Jimmy Cornette on this. He, he was one of them that said, hey, Brett, you haven't won a real match in 14 years. Shut the fuck up. So he did say that to Brett. Well, at least he said he did. Uh, who, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, Bret Hart was one of the worst at carrying on. His but Jimmy's just as bad. He carries on about these dates and places and the house. And, you know, Jimmy, number one, it wasn't real. Number two, you weren't the main event in all those. And number three, who kids the fuck? Because uh, me and you had about 500 real fights as kids. I'm talking matches and fights, and you lost every fucking one of them. You never, ever come close to beating me at any fucking thing. And that is an absolute fucking shoot. And he knows it. <clears throat> but we, we had countless wrestling matches. All of ours were real because we, we didn't know how to be fake. We didn't know. Uh, we were 16, 17 years old, and we thought we knew how to really do this shit in order to have a chance to, to do the pony shit. So all of our stuff was real. <clears throat> and um, Jimmy could never, ever beat me. So when he finally got in wrestling with Jerry Jarrett, he told everybody, well, bowling ain't going to put nobody over. You know, I had 500 matches with him. He'd never let me win. Well, I didn't know that that was the job. I said, Jimmy, when they're paying me to let people win, they can win all fucking day. I don't give a shit. But when we're going at it for real, well, I'll be goddamn if I'm going to lay down and let you win. 
So, uh, so I didn't let anybody win, and I was a, I was a pretty damn good wrestler. And then when I got into wrestling and realized everything that came along with it, I said, well, you know what? I'm not a bad talker either. And you take a lot less bumps managing than you do wrestling. <laughs> and, and there is no really one lost record to worry about. Fuck this shit. I'm going to be a manager. So my wrestling days did not last real long. Yeah, they, they put me in the ring about once every two months. I do about six, seven matches a year. And, um, and, I, and I'm grateful that they felt that they could put me over in a lot of those. It rarely happens with a manager that managers win matches. And I, and I won probably about as many as I lost, I guess. Um, I did get beat by a midget, though. <laughs> many B, many B beat me. That was a real match. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> James, is he still there? Uh, unfortunately, he's gone. Um, the oh. caller, the caller thing is uh, cutting him off. Oh, okay. Well, he was on for a while. <laughs> he'll, he'll hear it on the replay. I think he owes me money anyway. He's probably scared I was going to ask for money. <laughs> um, just before we sort of round this out, Kenny, there's uh, t- oh yeah, great stuff there uh, tonight. The Bowling Alley, the longest running show. And I've now been on it. I joined the ranks of uh, Diamond Dallas Page, <laughs> everybody, you name them. Um, uh, cross that off my bucket list now. I was actually on the Bowling Alley. And you can listen to my show. It's on demand. It's on iTunes, on blogtalkradio.com slash Jamie Joshua uh, with Kenny Bowling. We recorded it back in July, and hopefully we'll have him on, on my show again soon. Yeah, that was, that was crazy what he ended up saying about Bret Hart there at the end. But, you know, not every day you get you get that kind of a inside information from uh, someone in the pro wrestling business. And uh, Kenny Bowling is definitely a straight shooter. <laughs> but um, one thing I wanted to ask him was, was how he feels about how all these people are doing podcasts now. Because, you know, he was the first one. And then, you know, you had a... Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's been doing a show now for about a year and a half. Uh, Jim Cornette, Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, all these people have have uh, followed his lead. But I, I didn't get to ask him about that. I got disconnected. And and when he was talking about houses and uh, how uh, Jim Cornette lives in this huge house and how he he doesn't have as big of a house, uh, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> Well, you only need one working toilet to take a shit in. <laughs> I didn't get, I didn't get to get that in. But uh, yeah, I'll be back on the air live this Sunday night at 11 um, here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, my apologies for the show this past Sunday not happening. Um, DJ J Shaka was sick. Yeah, uh, let me know that Sunday night. That's why that show didn't happen. But I'm gonna reschedule with him. Gonna do the whole music trivia show that a lot of people are looking forward to. That I was telling everyone about, and then the show didn't even happen because <laughs> uh, he was he was sick. But uh, yeah, uh, wow, yeah. Not every day when I'm, when you can be on a show that you've listened to for years, and that happened tonight. That was me on the Bowling Alley. Um, shout out to uh, Kenny Star making Bowling, a good buddy out there. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm still starstruck. I, I wasn't as nervous tonight uh, calling in to do that show as I was the first time I had him on my show. Like I, I, I could have uh, 
hit a brick, I, I could have, uh, you know, uh, um, <laughs> what's a good expression? <laughs> I don't know. The uh, that that exists now. That happened. Uh, I, I'm immortalized in history. That's on the uh, Great American, <laughs> the Great American, the Great Entertainment Network dot com. You can listen to that full show. Um, Tonight, season seven, episode eight of the Bullinelli. That's where you need to go to hear the full show. The Great Entertainment Network dot com. Harry Barnett, I, I believe, out there in London, England. You <laughs> can draw. I'm, I'm known in the UK now. <laughs> I already. I, I was going to make this post on Facebook last week, but I took it down. But uh, I was saying how. Uh, yeah, when I, Jamie Joshua, put something on Facebook, it's seen by my friends in Las Vegas, by uh, my friends in New York, uh, Florida. Uh, your posts are only seen by some crackheads in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> A few crackheads. You know, well, 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 it's funny to me. You know, I don't want to say anyone else. You know, because like anyone out there that really realizes, yeah, my Facebook posts are really only being seen by a few crackheads in the central Ohio area. <laughs> so I took a, you know, I take down most of the shit talking I put on Facebook anyway. But that that was one I, you know, I wanted to keep up. So <laughs> I'm saying that on the show. So there you go. Uh, just real quick, I guess I could get into how last night, November 11th, marked the nine-year anniversary of the day I almost died. Yes, I was hit by a car. I was uh, crossing a street on November 11, 2005, and uh, about 8.30 at night, and uh, a car ran a red light. It was a gold Buick, ran a red light. I didn't have any time to get out of the way, so what I tried to do was jump on the hood of the car, but instead my face hit the windshield. Bystander said it was 20 or 30 feet in the air, uh, then I landed on the on the ground face first, and then, then on my left leg, spun on the ground a few times. People were screaming in horror. You know, the ambulance. You know, someone called nine one one. The ambulance came in like two minutes. But they said if I had just laid there, that I would have bled out because I was losing so much blood. And uh, as the picture shows, though, that day, the night of, all the paramedics really did. You know, they did did the whole thing where they, you know were putting shit on me, uh, checking my vitals and everything, and, uh, uh, you know, they basically just put a Band-Aid on my nose, which was split in half, and uh, um, cleaned the blood up and, and like, <laughs> and, like let me go. And it was, like, a week later where my left leg snapped back, and I went to the hospital, and, like, that's when I got x-rays done and, you know, got those on crutches and, and you know, uh, and, you know, they told me to see an orthopedic knee surgeon the next day. So, I mean, uh, yeah, like, I really could have been killed. Like, I really am, I feel like I've been living on borrowed time for the past nine years of my life, like, since that happened. You know, it's like uh, I was not in a car. When, when I say I got hit by a car, people think I was in a car. No, <laughs> a car ran a red light. And why did they run a red light? Because they were trying to get to Chipotle. <laughs> before Chipotle closed. And Chipotle closed as a Ted. But uh, that's what the guy literally said. He was living in, like, his life was ruined. He was in such horror that he actually just hit a person with his car. And, like, my face busted his windshield. And, uh, you know, the guy seemed okay. But there was literally a cop on the scene that told me, um, yeah, you know, Jamie, you know, 
there's no need to really even like pursue this or sue because you know there's people that end up in wheelchairs and they don't see any money out of this and you know your injuries seem minor you know like your nose split in half you could have died you know on crutches legs all messed up but you know you're really lucky but again like when something really bad happens to you and people say you're lucky you know I would have been lucky if I'd have avoided <laughs> yeah that's the story of me from last night uh, that's why I put the picture of me. Uh, it doesn't show how my whole upper body was covered in blood. You can see some blood on my sleeve of my shirt and, of course, my face. That's a cleaned-up version of me. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> and again, you had to wait till the anniversary to put that picture up. <laughs> November 11th. So, uh, it's weird. Uh, and the whole reason I was even out on the street like that is because I was, I was went over to a gas station. I was at a Tim Hortons talking to this girl, Heather, I'm not going to say her last name, but she would like hook me up with some free uh, Tim Horton stuff and she ended up getting fired for it. <laughs> again, this was back in the day, 2005. But uh, the only reason that I was crossing the street even, which again was spooky, was because uh, the uh, gas station there at the corner of the uh, Hilliard Rome Road and the whatever the hell it's not even like a real street but it's it's like speedway on hilliard road road right across the street from a mire there if you know that that's that's where i was almost killed that's where the car ran the red light and hit me but um the only reason that i was even crossing the street in the first place was because the computers were down at that speedway so had that uh had that actually you know had their computers not been down had I been able to like buy something there, I wouldn't have even like crossed the street. <laughs> of course, that Tim Hortons was right next to it. Like, so I was, it was like a whole big, huge freak thing. And again, you know, you never know when you're going to be killed. So you know, just enjoy your life. You know, well, yeah, it's my main message here tonight. It's always a weird anniversary for me. Like, uh, you know, just when it started getting cold out, I, I started thinking about it, you know, because I, I was in my, like, full winter coat car on that day nine years ago. And it's just, like, something about when it started getting cold out just, just reminds me. It brings me back. Like, I'm not really sure if I have PS, PTSD or anything like that. I know I have a huge car phobia. Like, I don't like being in cars. Like, you could be going five miles per hour and be pulling up, stopping at a red light behind a car. You'll see me, like, grabbing the fucking handle. Like, oh, God, you know. Gonna get in a wreck. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, um, it's it's a it's different, you know. It's like a like a lot of people. I asked DJ Aladdin, I was like, "How do you want to die?" <laughs> I was like, shot, growling, whatever. Uh, but uh, you know, have you ever broken any bones? You know, that's happened. That means something big is coming. Uh, yeah. That was my uh, experience, and, and that's why I don't care. It's really why I haven't cared where I work, what people think of me, like, uh, you know, like smoking, drinking, doing anything that may be harmful. I'm like, well, who cares? Because uh, I was almost killed anyway. So, so I'm, like, I'm one that knows that life is not promised. And I'm also like, you know, once I hit 30, I was like, well, shit, you know, a lot of people never get to live as long as me. That's why, like, uh, if I'm around you and you're younger than me, and, like, when these fucking terrorist comes out, you know, like, with the fucking dog wrapped around his vest, I will get in front of you because, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I've got to live this long. So, you know, try to 
make sure to protect the next man so he can live, live longer. <laughs> I've said I live long enough. Well, the, the video at the Hoover Dam I put up this year when I was at the Hoover Dam, I was like, I'm not sure if life's worth living anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, with all that being said, uh, that was an experience tonight. Um, I was on the bowling alley. Wow. Yeah, um, think of whatever your a show you've watched. I don't know, maybe some of you are fantasizing about being on The Walking Dead or, or whatever. <laughs> but, um, just imagine, like, yeah, you actually get to be on that show. Something you enjoy. That was that was me tonight. So, again, shout out to Kenny Starr, Make a Bone. And um, this Sunday, I'll be on here live, 11 o'clock, right back at it. Jamie Joshua, uh, telling you to keep your fingers crossed and your asshole clenched for all the things that you, that you want to have. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.